Hello and welcome back to the Gifted Podcast Olympic Special Series. If you're new here, in this special series, we are going to be joined by Olympians of past and present who will be sharing their experience of competing at the Olympics as we learn what it takes to live your life without fear and inhibitions and make your zindagi unlimited. And in that very spirit, this special series is brought to you by Edelweiss Tokyo Life Insurance, which perfectly embodies this very notion of a zindagi unlimited. New episode and that means a new Olympian as a guest. Today, I'm joined by track and field athlete who competes in the event of high jump, Sahana Kumari. Sahana ma'am represented India at the London Olympics and is also the current national record holder. We talk about the internal and external challenges that she had to overcome in order to qualify for the Olympics. We also talk about what kind of changes need to happen in the Indian sports ecosystem to produce more track and field athletes and how her daughter has already started following into her footsteps. So let's jump right over to our conversation. Welcome Sahana ma'am to the Gifted Podcast Olympic Special Series. We're really excited to have you today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm really doing good right now. So it's really nice weather today. Right. I'm following the Olympics along. Eh? Great. Um, so I'm always intrigued by how athletes find their sport. So let's start there. What about the high jump as an event really resonated? I think we used to play at school. So who is jumping more? So whenever uh, we started like our career, like we never thought like we are going for high jump. So we just choose our event as like, uh, like for uh, fun type who is jumping more and we are creating some techniques, which technique will be good for clearance. So this all thing we learned like when we are in childhood, like school, when I think uh, exactly uh, when I was in sixth standard. Right. You know, like uh, you mentioning, it's usually the competitive, competitive drive within the children that is, you know, really leading to experimentation on the field. Because we never uh, learn like prospering. We usually go for scissor, either straddle or double leg jumps. So these are techniques we used when we are small. Right. You qualified from there. You ended up qualifying for the London Olympics, which was also pretty late. Talk me through your qualification jump and what was the feeling like knowing you have qualified for the London Olympics? Yeah, it is quite late. I know very well. Like after getting married and after one kid. So I started my training again. So I come back to 2007. Yeah, I think it's almost um, uh, more than 10 years later. Exactly. I, I can't remember. It's almost 12 years. I just put myself like I qualified for Olympic. And we can do high jump even after marriage and even after kid. It is possible for uh, women. So we should not uh, tell ourselves like I can't do. So we have to tell that I can't do after marriage. So it's pretty some good experience for me. Like I was working with uh, so many coaches and later I shifted to like foreign coaches. So we trained very hard. We are one year, we are trained very hard. I think all together, like team, I was uh, working with Sai, even though like my coach also, he's uh, very dedicative. And the main thing, we have to dedicate ourselves for sports. So if you are not dedicating yourself for sports, then we can't dream anything. Right. And what was it 
like when you knew that you had qualified for the London Olympics and you also broke a national record along the way? That is the happiest uh, day for me. Everyone is telling like, uh, I can't qualify. It is very hard for you. Maybe it's not possible. So, so many negative words I heard from outsiders. Like even my from sports, uh, sports uh, love. So I thought, okay, no problem. I didn't tell anything for them. Like I just kept quiet. I'm just doing myself. And um, I thought like I had to work for hard and I want to show by my performance so that everyone can keep quiet. So when I jumped 192 that the day like it's quite late for me because almost my qualify ended with 935. So it's and everyone is like all the audience everyone has gone back only that some some officials and some uh, sports lovers they are just watching my event. So when I jumped off, I just shouted myself and running around everywhere and I just hugged my coach and I was very happy because I done my achievement. So it's unforgettable for me. Right. And, you know, like you're mentioning all along the way, there were always naysayers who would say, Achha, you can't achieve this. You would not be able to qualify. How do you try and tune out this kind of an outside noise? and continue focusing on your performance see everyone used to tell so like if you if as a sportsman if you listen outsiders more then we can't perform anything so this is all part of life these are part of our sports so we have neglect all these things and just focus for one aim then we can perform everything if we are we, we want to uh, do something we want to achieve something we want to dream so we have to consider only only one thing that means you have to dedicate and you have to devote yourself for event. That's it. Right. And what sort of other challenges did you have to overcome to end up qualifying for London? I think that's really pressure for me because although we got only four competitions out there, two nationals, and these nationals, we have to perform our best. So every nationals, I used to miss only two centimeters. So I used to jump only 189, 89, 89. So... I was really so much so worried, like, uh, I know I can do, but why it's not happening? Why it's not happening? So I was thinking so much, why it's not happening? Then later, when we went to Thailand and Bangkok, everywhere I'm performing 189. So everyone used to tell, okay, Sana, you got only two centimeters. You can do it. So why can't you focus more? So I really did myself, like, I just want to meditate. And I just want to concentrate this two centimeter. So then I started meditation. So I used to focus. Like I got up around three o'clock till till one hour. I used to meditate. I used to focus my event. I I just want to like recollect my things. How I can jump. How I can clear. What is my approach? So these are all things I start, you know atrogenic training. It, it is in psychology, but that time I never used to go any psychology. But I did myself this all thing. So at last, I got only one last competition that is at Hyderabad, 19, 2012. So in that jump, I just failed to clear 189, like, like two attempts have failed. Then the last attempt was there. I thought, okay, this is, this is, I should not leave. Then I just focused myself. I just made sure that I want to clear this. I cleared off 189, then the next height is 192. So then I thought like, see, I can't miss this chance. This is only one competition. So somehow I just want to clear this. So I really focus myself. And so 
this is what i learned about like in sports like if you meditate if you focus you can do anything it's nothing is impossible if you are when you focus so so many things we learn from sports right and you know that that national record is still standing and it's interesting that you touch upon meditation especially in a in a sport that is all based on repetition so we often hear a lot of athletes then relying on techniques like meditation and visualization to continue training even when they are not on the track would you say that was also the case for you yeah it's true it's 100% true actually before before sports and they never used to go for meditation and uh, recollecting all those things but when we are injured even though we'll practice our training session in mind so because so that like when we are getting down to uh, like track so we, we our muscles are ready we are muscles are auto like auto like its muscles are not like okay i am very lazy i am not done this practice so all of sudden you can relax recollect everything and you can start your practice with confidence not with the, the with the confusion so these all things uh, really help us sports person especially me- meditation psychology and nowadays it it's it must i should tell every small like young athletes or like upcoming athletes they have to go for meditation and they have to focus more if we are really going to focus these things in younger age we are we really for sure we are going to get gold medals in olympics because this part is lacking in our sports so far we are not doing this type of so the slowly it has started but yep. hope for the best right and you also faced some issues in trying to have your coach join you for london olympics as well what what happened at that time could you shed some more light on that and how that may have interrupted your preparations for london yeah it's quite sad things but like my, for my coach and uh, like i just want to take my coach it is there like our mentality like okay whom i trained i want to take that coach yeah. and because we'll be more comfortable and uh, we we are very confident about that okay my coach is there and he will guide me about my techniques about my faults and also every athlete is depend upon their coaches because yeah. every time coach is only i so uh, i tried my best to take my coach to london so like uh, in that time echo prayas like uh, the foundation who has helped me a lot to uh, like grab the money for him to take the uh, like all the uh, financial support and all even though i i arranged everything financially everything i arranged but i don't know maybe it, it is too late for me to take him because they told like uh, why you want to take uh, so many like uh, i can't de- tell like how that situation is something different so everyone told like why you want to take coach why can't you go alone you have to you have to do alone because you are so much experienced athlete you can't do alone these things i heard but even though i arranged then uh, later part then they told like no you have to drop him so that it should be not uh, not problem for uh, like everyone so i thought okay fine but unfortunately i took him to till delhi then it's really sad that i dropped him and i just went alone so i i faced lots of problem in my competition period and you know going through such interruptions in your preparation for london what sort of goals were you setting for yourself before you landed there oh let's see for the first thing i would like to tell i feel like we athletes are facing lots of competition like we are not uh, yeah. gone for any in world competitions and all we yeah. and we used to go only for asian country competition 
so such type of competitions are lacking in our so it's only when you are going to qualified and uh, if we are going out of country for training then only it is possible so when i landed i just uh, thought like i have to do my best just i have to repeat my what i did in like qualified when i saw all the jumpers they are really very like highly they are trained and they used to group in like they they used to train in group so once you are training in group and in the same like your opponents or your same colleagues so we won't feel that fright so when we are seeing them first time and we are competing it little bit nervous will be there for every competitors there is no yeah. doubt like even the world at least they feel little fright so once we are adopting uh, training with them when we are seeing daily and when we are coming and doing competition then that a little bit fright also it will go away so that part we lack and that part i lack so much so yeah, otherwise every every like olympians they want to achieve their best in olympics but unfortunately sometimes it won't happen because of maybe weather maybe some conditions will i just lack all these things right and how would you say you rated your own performance in london and what was the biggest learning from that kind of an experience uh, because i think actually uh, what i felt my so we have to focus in the morning itself like mo- morning practice we indians every time we used to do our jump session the evening or afternoon because the body won't react uh, in the morning session so but my competition was uh, in the early morning so i went to ground around 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock was my competition it is too cold for me like yeah. when we are going for india going from india and uh, london is like quite cold for me so at that time my body didn't react and my body didn't open like for the competition so we are trying so hard to like my body should react on this but unfortunately i i couldn't perform very really what i was doing in my practice session i couldn't perform that all and mainly and lots of confusion because some of jumpers they don't know english mm. so the unfortunately in my jumps one of other girls she went and she jumped off and she got she didn't she didn't clear then they said okay so I, then i the half an hour took me to understand them so this is not this is the thing so i didn't jump one of other girls she jumped so i have to jump but she has jumped off then officials came and everything they came and they cleared the thing then i got jumped so by the time i got little stress is what happened right. because they are the officials are very highly qualified they don't want to listen all those things but i right. i made them to clear then they came to know so i got little bit like stress on that time so what i wanted to do on that time right and it's very interesting that you touch upon conditioning your body and mind to perform at the time for the rest of the year as well when your actual competition in in olympics is also going down you know like you mentioned then training your body to perform early in the morning rather than late in the evening yeah and, so this thing actually we have to do right and you know ma'am knowing all the barriers that you have had to overcome to become an olympian what does it mean to you to have a zindagi unlimited and that's what we call a life without limitation or to tell actually it's not ending like but it is very short if you want to perform something you have to perform within the life 
after life and within the age after age overs we can't do anything and we can maintain your condition that but practically it's not possible so because though we are high jumpers and is too technical we have to maintain our body and we have to maintain our uh, like uh, muscle mass and our diet these things are so much uh, we have to care about so who does like who uh, who are doing sports they know very well about this so only conditioning and we are doing muscular is not happening because we have to work all together like uh, like we have to mentally and like metabolic metabolic and structure and cns load everything is there for us so total thing we have to work so then only we can perform for the higher level otherwise we can everyone can raise why olympics uh, it's uh, why we are not getting olympic medal so yeah. that these things we have to raise from like you know first standard not <laughs> in the degree right i also know that you're training your daughter to be a high jumper is there any difference mm-hmm. in the approach or the attitude with which this current generation approaches sport compared to the time that you were compete yeah those times like i don't have any competitors after like they are jumps i used to start my jumps so i used to compete myself i used to encourage myself okay i might have to do something different but nowadays if i see my daughter so she is also jumper and she got lots of competitors really good competitors are there so she can't like take very like lightly that no jumpers are there i can jump i am i am the first like we she can't think about it because jumping is that event like in any any jumps can change everything yeah so and uh, then generation wise if you see now young generations they are very smart and very challenging and though they are uh, very intelligent everyone should work hard in this situation and mentally they have to prepare. right and you know coming to tokyo we know that there are no long jumpers representing india what have you made of indian track and field athletes contingent performance at tokyo so far like long jumpers are there like high jumpers are not there like right. this time a men's high jump uh, long jumper event shri shankar yeah. like then other than long jump high jump is not there and triple jump yeah. is not there so pole vault is not there so this time qualifies also what the men's qualified they kept 238 it, uh, he like one guy and the, you can't tell exactly because no jumpers are there so so big big generation gap like after yeah. me like no one is performing still but, but i want like like high jumpers like all the women should come up and boys should come up and they have to work hard which is not that easy but it can possible it is possible right and you know we we touched upon this that there are not enough amount of competitors or you know athletes competing in that specific sport which results in not many representations at the olympics for india what needs to change in this indian sports ecosystem to produce more high jumpers long jumpers and track and field athletes in if usually if you see now schools actually have initiated these things because when we are at school we are we used to do lots of like running jumping throwing we used to get all the opportunity but nowadays children are not getting these opportunities so every uh, every school have to initiate this and every school have to their 
like their own ground so that they can compete in the competitions yes. because see jumps is like every small kid you like to jump when he start walking he is used to jump so when he walk uh, no to walk then usually he so these things are first it's so every kid know but who is going to encourage them we as a as a parents we can encourage because i am a sports person i can encourage my my daughter but what about other parents they have to encourage their children they have to initiate them you have to go for sports now it is this pandemic everyone comes now because of immunity everyone is lost their their colleagues and their like uh, family members so why it's happened because if you see the society every child of one corner like they they, they are committing suicide because they are mentally they are not strong if you compare sports person they are mentally very strong and they are very good leaders and even if if though they are not good for form but they can lead their yeah. and if the supporters like you we want like olympics medal the first preparation just we want like at least one college so many big colleges at least one college will adopt one children like we are you are potential for high like you are potential for jumping and if uh, he, we are going to for funding you and we are going to send you out for competitions and like a training if one single college has taken this decision this is this these things happen then for sure we are going to get gold medals in olympics but everyone asked their last why olympics we are not getting medal so this is very sad thing right it's been really interesting to you know understand your journey and also hear the insights that it takes to reach the olympics level so thank you so much for taking out the time today and sharing your story with us ma'am thank you thank you very much have a good day bye thank you ma'am well sahana ma'am has overcome really tough challenges in her life in order to earn the title of an olympian and after talking to her today i can see why her grit to tune out the naysayers and continue focusing on her performance and improving as an athlete really stood out in this conversation it was also intriguing to hear her thoughts on what needs to change and improve in the indian sports ecosystem to produce the next set of sahana kumaris who will compete with the best of the best in the world and i'm certain that will turn true sooner than later and now some quick updates from tokyo Sindhu defeated China's He Xiao in the bronze medal match in straight sets 21-13, 21-15 to register a historic win. With a podium finish in Tokyo, Sindhu has become the only second Indian athlete to win back-to-back -back medals at the Olympics and the only woman to do so. Men's hockey team dominated the quarter-final clash against Great Britain as they ran out 3-1 winners. This put them one step closer to glory as they booked a semi-final slot against Belgium. In the semis, India had a strong showing against Belgium in the first half, but they ran out of steam in the second half as Belgium ran out 5-2 winners eventually. But they still have a hope of a medal as they'll be playing against the losers of Australia versus Germany in the bronze medal match. Women's hockey team continue their dream olympics campaign on the back of a surprise qualification from the group stages but in the knockout stages they had a surprise not just for the hockey world but the entire world as they beat australia 1-0 the strong favorites for a gold medal the scenes that followed that win were of pure jubilation 
and that sees them book a semi-final date against Argentina. After becoming one of the only two discus throwers of total 31 athletes to qualify directly for the finals, everybody expected a medal finish for Kamalpreet. While she never came close to troubling the mark of the medal winners, Kamalpreet became India's joint best finish in field events ever by finishing sixth. That's pretty great for an Olympic debut and is surely a sign of things to come in the future. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Gifted Podcast Olympic Special Series. We still have Lovlina, the hockey teams and wrestlers in contention for medal finishes. So let's keep the Indian flag flying high and continue cheering for Team India. Until next time, I'm your host Neeraj Mulani signing off.